the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Messy Walk podcast. Hey, hey. This is episode 48. Um, and we are so excited to have you tuning in with us today. My Thank name is you. Chloe. Yeah, I'm here with Pastor Adam, and we are currently in a series about theology. Yes, about theology. And don't be intimidated by that. That's the whole point of the first episode that we actually just recorded about theology and what we're about to dive into. The episode that came out last week, we were just talking about like, don't be intimidated by it. Like, theology is for everybody. Yep. It's not just for the quote unquote smart people. It's for everybody. Yep. Not just so, for academics. Yeah. Not just for theologians. Not just for pastors. Um, yep. It's not something we should be that intimidated by because theology is just the study of God. Right. Um, or the discourse, the discussion of God, and so uh, that means that every single person on the face of the planet is a theologian. Yeah. Even those that don't believe, because there are there are is still some sort of let me understand who God is moments that happen. Yeah. Right. Even if I go, all right, I'm understanding who God is means He doesn't exist. Yeah. That's still technically theology. Yeah. So I mean, even if even if you got some bad theology, which we all do, and even if you got some some um, uh, you know partial theology, which we all do, um, it's still theology. Yeah. And so don't get intimidated by it. And um, it is the basis of who we are. And so as Christ followers, we really need to we, we really need to know what's up with the theology that we believe. Absolutely. Um, and the whole point was that, you know, maybe our messy walk is messy because of sin, guaranteed true. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's also a little messy because we don't know what the heck we're talking about. Yep. Right. And we don't we don't have any depth of knowledge to what we're really discussing or we haven't spent time trying to figure it out. Yeah. Right. And just to throw the caveat in there. The more I know, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Yeah. So as well. So just want to put that in there too. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, but anyway, yeah. So what we what we did was is we talked to that's what theology is, and then we just briefly mentioned that what we are talking about is biblical theology, right? And then that leads us into, well, that sounds like a great big amount of stuff, right? And so one of the re, one of the things that Chloe said of why she's intimidated about like studying theology or pursuing that is because it's so much, yes, right? It's so vast, yeah. And so what we do then is to 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 take this vastness of who God is and this vastness of what the Bible says about the who God is, yeah. biblical theology, um, that ends up forming our framework. To, to, to digest that, to be able to actually digest it, mm-hmm. you break it up into what we call systematic theology, right? And so it is something that you create categories and a systematized approach yeah. to be able to understand it. It's like uh, how do you eat an elephant, you know, one bite at a time, right? And so, <laughs> Hopefully not at all. Right? Yeah, don't do that. Um, but if you take something gigantic, you're going to eat that elephant, how are you going to do it? Well, you're right. going to have to do it small pieces and small chunks. Right. But if you think about, like, the human body, talking about systematic, excuse me, theology, if you think about the human body, it's the same way you study the human body. So everybody remembers health class, right? Mm-hmm. I hated health class, by the way, especially around uh, – junior high school I was it was junior high school when I was in middle school <laughs> middle school age right. when you have to go through the the basics of of life and <laughs> yes. birth and sex but anyway uh, health class where you learn the systems of the human body right yeah. so to understand the whole body 
you break it down into these systems. And so you have the circulatory system and, you know, stuff like that, right? And so you end up knowing about those pieces, but then those pieces also interact with each other. And so to completely understand the circulatory system, you're going to have to understand, you know, the, the whatever the system is for skin, right? I'm right. not a health guy, right? But they all... They all are interlinked, right? So you can't understand everything about the digestive system unless you understand the circulatory system, right? right? Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. they go off each other, but to be able to get it, you separate it into a category. So mm-hmm. all systematic theology is, is the separation of these things into these systems or categories right. so that we can understand it. And so the best place to start when you're jumping into this, because what we are talking about is God Almighty, mm-hmm. right? Um and we're looking at biblical theology, is you start off with this first piece. So there's like 11 standard parts of systematic theology. Right. Um, the first one that we start with, and virtually everybody would start with, is what we would call, you want to use do the word, Chloe? Yes. I'm trying to do a thing. I can't do it. I can't roll my tongue. Um, bibliology. Bibliology. Yes. I was really, I was like, what if he was asking for a different word and I just said the wrong one? That would have been <laughs> so right. anticlimactic. We would have went with it. But right. uh, bi- bibliology, right? Bibliology is where you start first. Now, you're going to know this word. Everybody knows this word because in school also when you had to write a paper and you had to do the dreaded bibliography, right? right. And so you understand what we're really talking about here. Bibliology, same thing. We're getting these words derived from the Greek. So the Greek word for biblios, mm-hmm. biblios is the first part there, is referring to books or books. It actually refers to, when we talk about the Greek, it refers to papyrus, mm-hmm. right, which is what the text biblical texts were written on, right. right? And so when we throw in the ology thing, of course, that means the study of. And so for us, it's not just any book or all books, it's the book. And so right. bibliology is just the study of the Bible, right? Which would definitely be a great big piece that you're going to have to get, a system you're going to have to understand if you're going to understand theology, the yeah. study of God. And so for us as Christ followers, we're talking about the study of the Bible, Um and so if you're going to understand bibliology, the Bible itself, mm-hmm. you've got to start with another theological term, which is simple, and it's revelation, right? Mm-hmm. And so because we're, it's more than a book, right? right? It's not just some random – it's not something Charles Dickens wrote, right, or – that lady that wrote the Harry Potter stuff, I don't know who she is. J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling, there we go. But I knew she was a lady. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not that. So you start off with this word revelation, meaning God disclosing to humans who he is, what he wants, and what he does. Right? right? Which, by the way, if you remember, that's what we said theology is, is mm-hmm. understanding who God is, what he does, and what it is that he wants, what right. it is he's accomplishing. Right? And so... Right. When we understand it, we start off with this revelation of how God discloses that about himself to us as people. And so what he does is he gives us factual knowledge about him, but then he also gives us personal knowledge about him. So in his revelation, you only you also have things that we understand about the nature of who God is, but then you also have the fact that we can have a relationship with him. So that would be that personal knowledge. And so when we say revelation, we are not talking about the last book of the Bible, right? right? That is a piece of the Bible. Right. But what we're talking about is the general revelation of God, Mm -hmm. of who God is. And so when you start to then systematize or categorize, I hope everybody feels how we're flowing with this, Mm -hmm. um, categories of revelation, um, And that's us doing systematic theology right now, right? So we're just taking this idea of, okay, we got to start here. God reveals himself to people. Mm -hmm. That's how we would know to study him in the first place or Mm -hmm. 
or have theology to begin with. Um, how does he do that? And so there's general revelation. General revelation is that you know God gives to everybody everywhere. Scripture says he does this in various different ways, and so he does it through creation, right? So Psalm 19, we'll talk about that a little bit if you want to read Psalm 19. Mm-hmm. And then he does it through his providential work in nature and in history and even in the human experience, right? And so yeah. um, Acts 14, you can read some of that. Um, and then think about the indirect indirect communication um, about the truth of God, right? And so mm-hmm. think about those things that he is communicating indirectly, um, his existence, his power, his glory, um, stuff like that. That sort of is a general thought, but it lacks specifics. And so when you get into, that's general revelation, right? right? So for example, a general revelation of God would be, you sit out and you go to some cool place, like I was just talking to uh, Sherry, our worship leader, and she said that, uh, not Sherry, I was talking to... um, Crap, who was I talking to? <laughs> I was just talking to somebody about them going. Oh, no, no. I was talking to this lady named Samantha. Samantha uh-huh. cuts my hair. I just got a fresh cut, hey. which, by the way, means bald. And right. so uh, <laughs> Samantha was getting ready to take a trip. She's going to take a trip to the mountains. Cool. So think about that moment where you're at the mountain somewhere and you sit out and the sun's setting or the sun's coming up, depending on if you're really a night person or a morning person. Mm-hmm. For me, it'd be the sun setting. Right. And uh, you're like, gosh. This is a big world. This is vast. Yeah. God must be big, right? That would be a generalized revelation about uh-huh. God, right? So he reveals himself through those things. But then you get that's the, that lacks specifics. Right. Then you get into special revelation. And so this is God's direct disclosure to specific people at spe- at specific times. And so think like um visible manifestations of God that you see in Scripture, where he visibly manifests, like burning bush type stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Think about um, direct speech, where he speaks directly to people. You see this in Scripture, right? Mm -hmm. Think about um, dreams, like, uh, you know, think about Daniel, Mm -hmm. right? Think about visions, prophets, miracles. Those would be like special revelations. And then Mm -hmm. also think about the most special revelation of all time of who God is, Jesus, Jesus, right? And so that is him, a special revelation of him showing us who he is, what he does, mm-hmm. and what he wants, what he's about, right? And then also, sort of a separate category of special revelation. I hope everybody's tracking. This is, this is yes. kind of bigger, heavier stuff. No, but it's good. A special revelation then would be also Scripture, right? So it's why we started off with this revelation idea is to get to this basis of bibliology. So his other one would be Scripture. And this is one. This one is very different, and it's very special because it encompasses all the revelations. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's telling you generalized ideas about God. Then it is also documenting for you the special revelations that have happened with people in the past, so that we know about them now. So wow. you've got the past things that have been documented, right? Yeah. So like all the stuff we just gave examples of. Yeah. And then you have the life of Jesus being documented for us, and then it also contains revelations about the future, yeah. which is where you'd get into. The book of Revelation. Right. Does that make sense? Or, yeah. or also other things. Yeah. So that's Scripture. Scripture mm-hmm. is this special, very different revelation that we have that is sort of encompasses all the revelations. Mm-hmm. And so um, bibliology starts with an understanding that what we're talking about is the revelation of God. So mm-hmm. if we're going to begin by a systematized approach – to understand 
the study of we're going to understand the Bible, right. then we got to know that what we're talking about is a revelation of God through His Word, right. right? And so if you keep going down this systematized approach, this is what it should feel like. It should feel like you're constantly narrowing the funnel down to get to an individual piece. Um, if you keep going down through this to how to understand the Bible the way that you would start off, and then you're going to find this in any theological stuff that you look at. All this is pretty orthodox, pretty standard, mm-hmm. universal beliefs. Whoops, I just hit something on the podcast. I thing. was so um, confused about what that sound was. Sorry, was the, keep going. Did you, you guys heard that it was the spring that is on this microphone thingy Stand. that puts these things yeah. right up our faces. Right. That was hilarious. Um, Anyway, as you're going down a systematized approach, now you're going to talk about, all right, how do we understand the Bible? Well, there's like four ways that you would kind of break this thing down, right? right? First would be inspiration. And so what does the Bible say about how it's inspired? Right. And so like great verse for this, you can look up later, 2 Timothy 3.16, that talks specifically about that all Scripture is God-breathed, right? Mm -hmm. Inspired. It's actually a funny little thing. that that word, God breathed, means expire. So an expiration of of air out, uh. right? And so what we really ought to call it is not inspiration, but we should probably call it expiration. But anyway, that's that's weird. Nerdy. I think about expiration like an expiration date on not food. Expiration, expiration. Oh, yeah. I thought you said right? expiration. No, and I was no, like, no. like a date. So regardless. <laughs> That scripture is talking about that that it's all God breathed, right? Yeah. Like you were saying, so you study the inspiration of Scripture that the Bible insists that it's God's word from God, right? Mm-hmm. But it also insists that it is written down by human authors, right? And so that's that's why we were saying earlier. I don't know if it was on this one or on the last one that you can't just pick one little piece. And then that gives you the framework of all that doctrine. You've mm-hmm. got to look at the totality of the scripture to be mm-hmm. able to do that, right? So if you look at it where it just says God breathes it all, but then you don't pay attention to the fact that it, it also talks about God using, and he obviously does, he's human author. So it's yes. both those pieces. And so um, God uses these, it, it insists that he uses human authors. And you see God use different personality styles from people, different writing abilities, right? Like some of those guys can write real well, some not as much. 1 Corinthians 13 by Paul, the one that's used at all the weddings and stuff everybody likes and it's on everything, right? You know, love is patient, love is kind. But that is considered some of the best literature in the history of the world, not just in the Bible, right? It's considered some of the most beautiful poetic language that's ever existed. Yeah, Paul was a beast at that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? and I mean that makes sense too because how many weddings have you been to that's not necessarily a Christian wedding, but that verse is used? It's because it's so. Yeah, it, it's considered some yeah. of the greatest poetic language ever. Right. Yeah. So different writing abilities. Yeah. Go in and read you some First Peter though. And you're like, eh, you ain't got the same flow, same style. It sounds, you know what I mean? Yeah. So different writing abilities, different backgrounds yeah. that those people have, different languages, right? So yeah. you've got Hebrew and some Aramaic in the Old Testament. And then you've got, of course, Greek in the New Testament. Yeah. And so uses all these things. Um, and so in other words, what we're talking about here, there's another little theological term, if anybody wants to look at it. It's called verbal plenary inspiration. And it means that the Holy Spirit has been sort of the superintendent of all these human authors mm-hmm. writing all this scripture. All of it is God's word, but all of it is God's word through human writers. Right. And they're 
backgrounds, writing abilities, and those kind of things. And so when we talk about inspiration, that's what we're looking at, that the word is inspired, written by God, right? So when you look at a format of biblical theology, it's pointing you to the fact that it's inspired by God, it is from God, but you, but he uses human authors to then write it down, yeah. right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you were going to study more about um, whether or not a piece of scripture is actually God's word, you're talking inspiration. That makes right. any sense, right? That's part of bibliology, understanding yeah. the Bible. Then you kind of step into characteristics, so different characteristics of the word. And then that's when you get to group things down a little bit more into some bigger categories. And so you start off with authority, right? And so mm-hmm. what we know about the word from the word is that it carries authority. Like if if God is supreme, think about this concept. This should make sense to everybody. If God is supreme and we're talking about this is his word, then his word is our authority. Yeah. Does that make sense, right? So if if God is the supreme being of all things and he inspires and hands us his word, then that word has authority in our lives. And, of course, you see this, too, through Jesus as well in how he viewed Scripture. Because Jesus and all disciples viewed Scripture as the utmost authority of God, right? And so you kind of see the authority part. So that's one piece. And then you would break down to, which is kind of closely related to authority, is inerrancy, Mm. right? Which means that it is without error. Um, and, of course, there's all kinds of things that you can look at the theology and the understanding, the doctrine of inerrancy that would let you kind of process through and figure out, um, well, if so many different writers wrote it, then how is it inerrant, right? Yeah. And where the baseline of that comes from, right? And so you can study all that. So instead of us getting to arguing about it on a podcast, <laughs> right, you can look at the understanding that there's a theology of inerrancy as you study the, yeah. the scriptures. And then you get to sufficiency, right? So we've got, when we're looking at this part of characteristics, you've got authority, you've got uh, inerrancy, and then you've got sufficiency. In other words, God communicates all that we need to know to be saved to live in a way that pleases him and to evaluate all other claims of authority. Right. Right? In the word. So it's sufficient, if that makes any sense. And then you get to another characteristic, which would be clarity. The clarity, the doctrine of clarity is talking about that the meaning of the biblical text is available to those who want to understand it. Mm-hmm. Right? So that it is available. If you want to if you want to get it, you can get it. Right. Yeah. And so it has it has clarity to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any sort of prerequisites. Yeah. For you know, you can only in other words, you can you gotta be this particular group of people. Mm-hmm. And that's another cool thing about um the translation of the scriptures into all these languages shows you that there is a characteristic of clarity that anybody, any language can understand it if they choose to want to understand it, right? right. Um so there's there's a characteristic part, right? So what do we hit just now? We hit um the inspiration. Then we hit the clarity, right? So the inspiration is talking about those revelation pieces. And then when we hit the, um, not the clarity, we hit the characteristics, Mm -hmm. right? Characteristics are talking about those main characteristics of the word. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the canon, right? And Mm -hmm. so understanding the canon of scripture. When we say about canon, like um, canon is not referring to some sort of big gun that shoots (laughs) off the ship at the the pirates. It's... (laughs) It's really referring to how we got the completed version that you hold in your hand today, right? Mm-hmm. So where that comes from. Yeah. And that word canon is coming from a word, Greek word that's referring to measuring rod, 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so there was a measuring rod of what is included in the canon. But then it's also kind of cool that it's a measuring rod for us in our lives. Right. Yeah. Does that make any sense? So then you get to this canon of scripture idea. So what you're looking at there is who determined what? So who determined what's going to be in, what's going to be out, mm-hmm. what factors were included in that and excluded in that. And you get all this if you go study the theology of bibliology mm-hmm. in the canon. Right. Yeah. If you start studying the canon of all this, which you people should do, right? So don't just sit around wondering all the time, why do I have this Bible? Why did it get here? What about those other books that people talk about? What about the Catholics? They got some extra ones in there. Like what where'd that come? You can you can learn this. You can yeah. look at the history of it and you can look at that the theological basis that goes into why the canon exists the way it exists. Hmm. Um what factors were included in, in keeping a book in, right. what factors were included in excluding a particular letter, right? I had honestly written. never thought of this part till you mentioned it yesterday yeah. when we were planning this out. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I never thought about the fact that, like, there might have been, what were you saying? Like, there was, like, discussion over this book should sure. be and should not be included. Sure. Like, I just thought that was so fascinating. I was like, I never thought of it that way before. I was just like, when I think the Bible, I'm just like, it just is what right. it is. You so, know? A, like, like side, quick side note then, since you said that. Right. Um, there's an estimate that there were, like, and this is a, probably a false estimate because it was coming from some Gnostics at the time that were trying to kind of slam this. Right. But there's an estimate of 1,600 to 2,000 different pieces of uh, Christian communication that could have letters like Paul's letters and things like that, mm-hmm. that could have been theology that was written, included mm-hmm. or not included. Oh. As the canon is formed finally into what we see now, it was pretty much agreement of almost virtually all of those would not be included yeah. for various different reasons of authority and when they were written and who was by and, uh, you know, like post apostle, you know, apostolic, right? Like way after the apostles and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, except for like three, there was three that they were talking through, but then there was more discussion on a couple of them not being in right? like second Peter, um, the smaller letters. So like yeah. when you think about the letters in your New Testament, the epistles think about the shorter ones. Yeah. Some of those there was more discussion on whether they would be in or not. Um yeah. if they would be excluded or not. But the, the the framework of that goes into like was it from a apostle or a prophet, right? Which was a typical so I'm giving you the typical framework of how this is compiled. Was it from an apostle or a prophet? An apostle, by the way, is somebody who was walking with Jesus, mm-hmm. right? It's not to slam any other churches. Right. But when we go calling ourselves apostles, we're pretty wrong <laughs> biblically on the use of that word and yeah. in church history. Okay? I've always been curious about that. Now, I'm not slamming no other right. churches. Do whatever you want to do. Right, of course. It's a secondary issue. It's not something we should get mad about, yeah. flip out. We should have unity. Jesus wanted us to have unity, mm-hmm. right, over him. Right. And in the secondary issues, we can agree to disagree, yeah. right? Yeah. But Adam Cook ain't never going to be called apostle because I didn't walk around <laughs> yeah. with Jesus on earth. So yeah, exactly. regardless. All you right, have to so, be pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> so did did this particular piece come from an apostle or a prophet? Is it consistent with the truth that was real, b- revealed before it? So like the things that came before it, is it consistent with it? So do, do are Paul's letters consistent with the gospel of, of uh, Matthew? Right, mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then is it referenced by other prophets, apostles, or especially Jesus? Mm-hmm. So, for example, Jesus is referencing virtually the entire Old Testament as we know it, yeah. right? And so there's no real discrepancy in whether or not that has – whether those should be included in the canon, right? Yeah. 
So other prophets, apostles, Jesus are referencing those things like they are authority, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense, right? So that's sort of an example of how those things get compiled. And then, um, like you can look at uh, how, what I was just saying, is how Jesus um, treats the Hebrew canon of that day, right? Mm-hmm. Our Old Testament as scripture. Yeah. And so he treats that entire Old Testament canon, which is our Old Testament, as the authoritative word of God. Yeah. So it would be any question about whether or not that would be included. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. So the framework of figuring it out. Yeah. And then and then, you know, some questions on the canon is can there be any more added? So what if what if all of a sudden some archaeologist finds some old letter that dates back to the time and seems to line up and is it do we then include it and mm-hmm. add another one or is the, so in other words is the bible open is the canon of scripture open or is it closed mm-hmm. right and so that's something you would decide as you're studying theology i can tell you right now that the vast majority of christians believe that it is closed mm-hmm. right yeah for lots of reasons like yeah. for example revelation talks about you know it being one, it's the obvious endpoint. Yes. Two, it talks about not adding anything to the scriptures and yeah. things like that, right? Yeah. So those are reasons why, as you look at the totality of scripture, you would say the canon is closed. If that right. makes any sense, right? Yeah. So um, just talking through all those things, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it's um, fascinating. So to me, when we're looking at all those pieces, we're dealing with the issues of um, definition authority, and interpretive method, right? So why does this matter? You know what I mean? Like, I, And we just get, I just gave you a basic framework of yeah. what we're talking about when we're studying the Bible. Yeah. Why does this matter? Well, it seems to me that it would be pretty vital to have a solid bibliology because if we don't approach the Bible properly, then we really have no real authority to speak on any of the other th- pieces of systematic theology, yeah. right? So how can you speak on on um, what we're going to get to next, theology mm-hmm. proper, mm-hmm. so the attributes of, let's just say, the Father, mm-hmm. if you don't have a proper framework of the actual documents that you are referring to yeah. to give that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Where would you get your your facts for yeah. it, your truth for it? And, <laughs> how would pull you it know, and, and how would you know what it really is talking <laughs> yeah. about, right? Yeah. So you'd have to have a sound bibliology. Right. And, and have some basis of understanding of all that to then form other pieces of systematic theology. Yeah. And so I don't know if we're thinking back, if we're going back to that um, analogy that I used of the human body and the systems in the body. Yeah. Like think of one of those systems that would be the most foundational for you to be able to have to understand to be able to get all the rest of them. So mm-hmm. maybe, and I don't know what that would be because I'm right. not health nut, but I'm be, like trying to think. Like, <laughs> like think about the skeletal system. Mm-hmm. Like, it's probably let's let's go back. It's probably what's the system for uh, that includes the brain? Is it your nervous system? There you go. Boom. Okay. You did good. I was just guessing. It's I was like, when the probably somebody can correct us on this. You you guys yeah. that are doctors and nurses and all those things, yeah. correct us. You know more than us. Yeah. <laughs> but it's probably that, right? Because if yeah. the if the brain is the is the powerhouse of the body, right? Yeah. So how are you going to ever understand? the skeletal system, the circulatory system, and all those pieces, if you don't understand that primary system of right. the brain. Does that make yeah. sense? Same thing with this, right? And so what I would tell people is, is that 
you cannot completely understand uh, or or you have a shallow knowledge in who Jesus is, in who God is, and what the church is supposed to be, if you do not firmly understand the basis of that Bible. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And it should get I mean, it should make sense, right? Because yeah. I mean, we don't we all take like I said before, when none of us walked with Jesus, we weren't apostles. So don't we all take right. what we get from Jesus about from Old Testament prophets and then also from the Gospels, mm-hmm. right? So we should understand how the Gospels got formed and the basis of those things right. to be able to get it, if that makes yeah. any sense, right? Absolutely. So it, it's it's sort of a non-negotiable that we would understand why in the world we're carrying around 66 books, right? And where they came from, what the point is, the inspiration, the inerrancy, the sufficiency, right? Um the infallibility of it, right? Yeah. All those pieces. We should understand those pieces. And by the way, um, for those of you that are still hanging into there through this long conversation, it's good. Um, what's the first thing that people typically challenge non believers, skeptics, cynics? What's the first thing they typically challenge? Bible. The Bible. Yeah. Why? Because it's the base. Yeah. Right? It, it is the, going back to that revelation thought, right? It is the special revelation from God that shows us his general revelations, past special revelations to different people, shows us in details the revelation of Jesus, shows us in details the revelation of the future, right? It shows all those pieces. Um, Now, it's pretty foundational. Um, Do you have to have the foundation of Scripture to believe in Jesus and be saved. Do you have to have it? No. Right? Um, you won't know much about him. Yeah. Right? But no. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, if we go to the very, very first Christians, right, immediately after, there was a whole lot of Gentiles that did not have access, had no idea about the Old Testament. Right. The New Testament wasn't formulated yet, and yet they were followers of Jesus, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Now, people will – this is where the trolls will get us. (laughs) I just made Chloe cringe. Um, (laughs) No, it's fine. (laughs) The foundation of our faith as Christians is not the Bible. The foundation of our faith as Christians is the resurrection. Yeah. Right? I remember Um, the first time I heard that, I was like, no way. I can't believe someone would say something so crazy. But then I think I talked to my dad about it or something like that, and he was like – but like it's really not yeah. the base of it is not the Bible. It's you know yeah. we're, our faith is based on the resurrection of Jesus and believing Absolutely. that. Yeah. But what it's we important. know yeah. about God, yes, the vast majority of special revelation yes. outside of Jesus that we know about God yes. comes from the Bible. Yeah, that's not right? to downplay the importance not of the at Bible all, at right? all. Not but at it all. Is, yeah. You are not going to know very much about God if you do not have a firm bibliology. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And so you know, there's a, the framework is there. For all of it. And if we believe that God is supreme, or even if you don't believe it, if God is supreme and this is his word, then it has authority in our lives. Right. But but what are what our faith is founded in? Right. Scripture says this. Who's the cornerstone? Right? Jesus. Right. Who's the foundation? Who's the who's the rock? Right? What what's the foundation built on? Jesus. Right. Not built on the word, even though that doesn't diminish it at all. Right. Does that make any sense? Right. Yes, absolutely. But when it comes down to 
it comes down to you knowing what you're talking about with your faith, you growing in your knowledge to God. Because see, what we got to we, we got to not forget is we're not growing in knowledge just to know knowledge. When we grow in knowledge to God, we're growing closer to God. Yeah. Right. So the whole point is, is when you know more about Him, you are closer to Him. Right. Yeah. The factual things you know about Him increase re- relationship as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Think about a person that you know. You can know facts about them. Right. Like. I love Michael Jordan. I know all kinds of facts about Michael Jordan. I'm not in a relationship with him. (laughs) So, but if, but if I knew more about him, if I began to know more about who he is, not just basketball stats, not just what he does in retirement, not just, you know, movies. Like knowing him personally. Right. If I started to know him personally, I started to know more about him. Yeah. Then I would grow in relationship with him. And that's the same thing here with having the firm bibliology, you know? And so, the Bible is quite foundational in that, even though what I'm trying to say is probably in a conflicted way, is that it's not the foundation, if that makes any sense. So yeah. you got to – if you're looking for some some quick verses to study on bibliology just to kind of get you going, um, 2 Timothy 3.16 is and 17 is the God-breathed, inspired scripture. Um, 2 Peter 1 uh, – Verse twenty, somewhere in there, I think, um, are, are those are good passages to study based on or understanding more about bibliology. Yeah. You know about yeah. what the word is doing. So um, that's your basis. That's where you begin. That's your. Would you say it was? What's the system? Uh, nervous the, nervous system. system. Yeah. Right. That's where you start first. You got yeah. a good nervous system base where you're understanding what the heck the scripture is, right, and how it came about, right, and all those pieces of it, then you've got a really good framework to look at the whole thing and go, all right, now I can understand pieces about Jesus, right? right? So all we've done is just create a nice foundational building block within this system of systematic theology. That makes any sense. Absolutely. I think that this stuff is not, um, I think that it, it, it presents difficult because like we said last time, it's about God. Yeah. And we're humans, right? We're finite. Right. He's infinite. Um, you know, our minds barely got through uh high school algebra. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, Seriously. You know, but but he is God and yeah. so it is going to be difficult and it's going to be vast. Yeah. See, I think the thing with theology is is I don't think it's hard. I think it's vast. It's massive. Right. Right. Like, I don't think that understanding space in the solar system is that difficult. I think it's vast. Right. It's just massive. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about when we get into theology. And so you create, you begin to work in some sort of systematic framework. Yeah. And then you can start to understand pieces more along, you know, as you go along. And the whole point is the more knowledge of God. As you further study God, will draw you closer to God. Yeah. Right? For sure. Yeah. For sure. And then like we said last week, if it's difficult, like Gregory said, um, Gregory the theologian said, is it will uh, give us humility, appreciation, and hope yeah. for the future. I love so, that. Which I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm hanging so. on to that. That would, Those things from Gregory the theologian, I'm really hanging on to that because that was good stuff. I'm still like processing everything that we've said over these 
past two episodes so it's a lot yeah, to take in no it doubt. Is. and i think it is intimidating i will this will be one of the podcast episodes where i really go back and listen to it just to catch right. the things that i may have not fully processed or things that i may have missed while we were talking about so what it. i hope will happen too is that is that you're gonna so people are gonna pick up or they're gonna google or whatever yeah you know a, a theology section on the bibliology and yeah. see these these four or five main things we just pointed out yeah. and then kind of understand okay i get it now yeah. right and and you know, just knowing more about it in general um, is going to help you formulate and understand God better, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, those the three of you that hung into this conversation—that's <laughs> <laughs> two more than what you said last <laughs> that time. Is you true. said there's only one. We picked last up a couple time. <laughs> new theologians. Everybody is a theologian. Yep. You are a theologian, whether you want to be or not. <laughs> if you are a Christ follower, then you know God has revealed Himself to you specifically through Jesus and yeah. he is doing it through the word every day all the time and so your bibliology being uh, firm solid but yeah. just there period yeah. like I like right now I'm even trying to get you to have a solid firm bibliology I'm trying to get you to have one right like, just just, any... just, you know something <laughs> yeah. more than yeah. it's the NIV or it's yeah. the KJV right um, that you know how many books are in there and why they got put. And and it, that's going to draw out some questions. It's yeah. going to draw out some criticism. You're going to look at it and go, well, I don't, this doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why these were included. I don't know about the, how about these times in the scripture where it seems to contradict, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's what you're studying. Yeah. That's what you're exploring. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Just work on it, figure it out. Yeah. And know at the end of the day, you may draw a conclusion. You should draw a conclusion that could be right. Yeah. It could be wrong. <laughs> and you could change it later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I it's think It's not you like will. final. Once you're like, okay, I think I believe this. It's not like you can never decide differently. You can never learn from the original thought that you had, the original decision that you sure. made about what you believe. Sure. Yeah. Just keep just keep growing in your knowledge keep with God. Keep studying, yeah. Keep pursuing theology. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well... That was a lot to take in, it was a lot. but it's good stuff. It's so good, and it encourages me even more to dig into my Bible more because I think we just underestimate what's there so often. We just get so used to it. We're just like, oh, I just have the Bible. It's beside my bed, and it's great. Yeah. And then you'll just like flip open to a verse, and you're like, amen, close the Bible, walk away. And you forget that like there's so much more to it than just like a few words on a page that makes you feel good. You know, it's For like, sure. oh, there's so much there. So, Oh, hey, look, let me so, I'm going to throw out a surprise. You ready? Yes. Um, this is a surprise for Chloe. Uh-oh. But I think it's the perfect time for it. Um, we are going to be working on in the near future, um, actually having a website specifically for the podcast. Cool. Instead of, so those of you who don't know, podcasts have to drive out of a website that right. then populates into wherever you're listening to this app. Right. So Spotify or iTunes is what we're on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all that right now is driving off of our church website, right. right? a page on the church website. We're going to create one for the Messy Walk. We actually, we actually own MessyWalk.com now. Ah. Cool. We, we we have that we get we acquired that over Christmas. Oh, cool! Uh, Merry, so Christmas we, uh, right, Merry Christmas to us. I didn't know any of this. <laughs> she doesn't know any of these things. We, awesome. we I was gonna, I was going to talk to her about it prior, but I forgot, and then I just realized that's it was okay. like this. And so um, we also own MessyWalk.co because that's how we roll around Union. Right. We just joke around that we couldn't afford the M. Yeah. Um. So we got .co, but we actually could afford the M on MessyWalk.com. So uh, what we'll do over time, this doesn't affect you, is we'll transition our podcast episodes over to that right 
um, instead of them being on a sub page of the website. But yeah. what I'm hoping it'll allow us to do, and Chloe's going to figure this out for us, um, oh boy. is it'll allow us to throw some some um, episode notes, some show notes cool. in there that have an easy link to them that can be then in the in where you're listening to Spotify, yeah. right? So you can click on it um, and then take you to stuff where you can see. All right, here's with all those words that he just said that he talks in a country accent and I can understand what he's <laughs> saying, or we mispronounced, or yeah. those books that he referenced. Like, cool. you don't have to write them down while you're doing it. You can go back and look. So, Wow. Yes, evidently, I will be doing that, she guys. There it is. That's going to be cool, though. That's a great resource. We're already doing this stuff anyway, but we, right. just, you know, we can put it somewhere for you to get. Yeah, so absolutely. We're working on show notes. I don't know if that's the right word. I think Episode, it's, I think it's show, show notes. notes yeah. Yeah. Episode notes so that when we say... Like, go out and buy R.C. R.C. Sproul's Everyone's a Theologian. Yeah. You don't have to write that down where you're driving and almost kill yourself. You can just go back. <laughs> right, so. right. You end up having it right at the, what is it, within reach. There you go. Easily. Yeah. Cool. Go back to it later. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today for the second episode from our series on, I guess we could say it's a series on theology. Yeah. 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 Because we're talking kinda, about all these different, yeah, aspects of it. Yeah, we're just kind of diving yeah. into some some basic pieces of systematic theology. Yeah, so. absolutely. So thank you for joining us. Look, the great thing about podcasts is that if you miss something, if you felt like you got distracted while you were listening, or maybe it was just too much to take in, you can always go back, listen again, break it down in segments. You don't have to listen to it all in one sitting. There's no pressure to finish it all in one day. And skip stuff that you yes. thought was you're irrelevant like, and you didn't like. Silly and boring. Right, right. Yeah. Like the first 10 minutes of every episode before we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can really, well, we don't really record the tangents that we go on before we start recording, no, we but it's people would skip through all of that. <laughs> <sighs> so thank you guys for joining us. We will be back again next week with um, an episode on theology proper, right? Yes, we're yeah. going to roll into the next piece. Study so of God the theology Father. Theology proper. Yeah. Which is just a fancy way to say, you know, God the Father. Yeah. Which you just said. So it's going to be so here. good. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so good. So be sure to tune in for that. Um, keep up with us on social media. So you can find out when we start having those show notes up on our future website. Don't go to messywalk.com yet because I highly yet. doubt. There's nothing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go there now, you'll be highly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you want to wait a little while, we'll update you on our social media Yeah, we'll let you know soon. when we're there. Yeah. All right. So have a great week and we'll see you soon. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.